This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. No fear, no political correctness, no wokeism. You're listening to Underground USA. As in years past, we see the mainstream media's obligatory spotlight on the anniversary of the Islamo-fascist attacks on the United States and all Americans on September 11, 2001. To judge on whether their remembrances are opportunistic or disingenuous would be omnipotent, so I'm not going to go there. Interesting to note, however, is the fact that the total of the mainstream media complex omitted any mention of the 9-11 Benghazi attacks in which the U.S. State Department, under then-Secretary of State Hillary Clinton and President Obama, abandoned U.S. assets in Libya left to be murdered by ISIS elements even after they pleaded for help, help that was available. Also missing was a necessary discussion of the first responders to the World Trade Center who have died because of health complications from the September 11th attacks. Add to all of that the fact that the Biden administration has abandoned Afghanistan to the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, and every other Islamofascist terror group for them to use as a staging and training area for the next attack on the United States. And it will happen. Mark my words. And there was a lot to talk about that was left unmentioned. That is, unless you listen to Underground USA and its regular segments. In this two-part segment... I talk with both Matt Bruce on the Captain's America Third Watch and Chuck Wilder on Talkback about this and much, much more. Joining us right now from uh, the panhandle of Florida, Mr. UndergroundUSA.com himself, Frank Salvato. Good morning, Mr. Frank. Mr. Captain. Well, Frank, first of all, yesterday was uh, September 11th, 21 years later. And, of course, we had Benghazi in the middle of all that, too. And I got to mm-hmm. thinking about something. Benghazi happened on September 11th, but I didn't hear anybody talking about it. Did you? It was very sparse. And it was on, you know, you saw a meme on social media, but that was it. On the news, nothing. It is faded. And I believe, and, and I hate to get political right off the bat, but it, it is. Yeah, uh, it's not in the news because of who was responsible for it happening in the first place. Yep, which was the left in this country, mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton in particular. We can't forget those people. They were abandoned. 
and they knew they were abandoning our fellow Americans over there when it took place. And they just shrugged their shoulders. Remember when she was testifying before, I believe it was the Senate, Mm -hmm. uh, when she was Secretary of State. At this point now, what does it matter? What difference does it make? What difference does it make? When you've got an attitude like that, when you're trying to shrug off responsibility, that's uh, that's got tinges of evil, evil flavor all over it. Mm-hmm. Well, there's something else that's evil. After two decades, still no trial date for the alleged 9-11 mastermind KSM. Now, they're going to have some sort of, uh, I, I don't know if they're calling a sample trial or what they're calling it, but they're going to have something. But as far as a real trial, nope, nothing. Yeah, and I even heard some rumblings, and it's not confirmed, so I can't say this for certain, but I heard some rumblings about uh, he and a a few of his other conspirators trying to negotiate a plea deal with the military prosecutor. If that happens, there is going to be some hell to pay. Mm -hmm. This guy should not, there should be no plea for this. You'll give us what we want. And you're going to be convicted, and I believe they should be executed. Mm -hmm. You bet. If they decide to do some kind of a plea deal to get what? To get information that our intelligence community should already know 21 years later? Yep. Absolutely not. We have to put our foot down about this. This guy was the mastermind, or or at least the ringleader of the mastermind component Mm -hmm. to the slaughtering of 3,000 people, Mm -hmm. and they're thinking about a plea deal? You want to see people get pissed in this country, Mm -hmm. try and do something like that. And you have to lay it at the foot of Barack Obama and Joe Biden and, and the people that they've put into place over at the Pentagon if this is, if this takes place unacceptable on every level. Now, I have to correct you on the total because that 3,000 total, 2,996 or whatever it was, doesn't include everyone that's died because of the diseases from the World Trade Center and uh, the Pentagon that they've come down with and passed away with uh, since then. Add about another 1,500 to 1,600 uh, to that, and that's just the first responders. That's not the uh, the civilians, because we have no idea of knowing exactly how many civilians, but we'll just put the total at 2,000, which is low, on top of that 2,996, and there's your death total. And let's add to that the family members of those people who passed, who were so affected that they just gave up living. Yep, yep. There are family members who were so distraught over this that they passed away shortly after this all took place. Yep. And you can't you can't say that this didn't weigh on them. Let's say 5,000. Yep. And Easy. they're not being counted in the death toll. They should be, every one of them. You know, so the, and, and now we're talking, there's rumblings of a plea deal? No. Boy, our, our government has failed us dramatically if that comes to pass. Don't think so. Hold that thought, folks. You're coming right back with more in the Captain's America Third Watch. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned in to the hardest-working overnight radio talk host in America, New York Fire Rescue and World Trade Center survivor Captain Matt Bruce on the Captain's America Third Watch. Always American, always consistent. He calls democracy messy, props up the Chinese Communist Party, praises Xi and his regime, known for violent oppression, invests in Chinese military companies, 
A defector? No. It's BlackRock CEO Larry Fink, the CEO of a major American company who's gone all in on China. Can he be more anti-American? Larry Fink, BlackRock. Taking your money, betting on China. Message paid for by Consumers Research, an independent educational 501c3 nonprofit organization. Log on to www.consumerresearch.org to learn more. News, insight, passion. AM 930, The Answer. This is Frank Salvato from Underground USA, and you're listening to the Captain's America Third Watch with Matt Bruce. Heard by over 2 million people coast to coast and around the world every night. Captain, let's do it. We are going to do it because right now I'm going to tell you that this portion of the Captain's America Third Watch, my conversation with my good friend and fellow smoke eater, uh, retired that is, Frank Silvato, <laughs> and we we uh, have been around the block a time or two, but we're being brought to you right now by Moss Family Automotive, the Moss Family Automotive's Nissan division. All righty, we have got Frank Silvato from the UndergroundUSA.com website right with us right now. Good morning, Mr. Frank. Mr. Captain. We have a uh, caller on the line. I'm going to go see what's going on. Good morning, caller. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Yes, good morning, Captain. This is Elliot from Wesley Chapel. Oh, I want hi, to run this by Frank. Yes, I want to run this by Frank right quick and see what he thinks. You know, America, President Biden travels to New York to pay tribute to 9-11. America, we are fully compromised. Whoa, 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 whoa. He did not go to New York. He went to the DOD. Pentagon. Yeah, Pentagon. Okay, I'm sorry. You know who went to New York? Kamala. Yeah, yeah I did see her, but I got it mixed up. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, sir. Well, anyway, all of uh, these unvetted Afghans that are here, ISIS, ISIS Africa, and Al-Shabaab, have called for their followers to kill all Christians and Jews around the world. What is Joe Biden doing about that? Biden is doing exactly what Obama instructed him to do uh, through Valerie Jarrett and Susan Rice. Now, when Obama was president, he had the opportunity to hire the first black vice president, but no. He chose dumb Joe Biden. Take a look at the Obama's two daughters. Take a look at Joe Biden's kids and grandkids. Hillary Clinton's kids and grandkids. Chuck Schumer grandkids. You will never see them marching in the streets, tearing up the place, because they are shielded, and you, the people, are being used to strengthen their platforms, not yours. Thanks very much. Yep. Well, got a lot of point there. I can't disagree with anything you said. No, it's a, when you, we've got a new elite class in this country. Yep. And, it, and it's the ruling class. And I'm, you know, as, as much as uh, Elliot pointed out uh, the leaders of the left, the, some of the leaders on the right are just as guilty of this. Mm-hmm. They've created a, a almost a Hunger Games type setting here where you've got capital city and the elite and everybody else works so that they can have their elitism and they're selling the united states out to a to a new world order that is run by globalists you know we keep talking about the world economic forum and the great reset Mm -hmm. and and how the elites get to say what is going to happen they have two meetings, one for the youth in Davos and then one for the power brokers in Davos every year. Mm-hmm. And and they set the agenda and they move forward. They control the monetary policy around the world. So you won't see the elites 
having any price to pay for what's happening here. Look at Nancy Pelosi. When she was supposed to be talking about being locked down, she's eating $7 ice cream bars in a million-dollar kitchen. Mm -hmm. How does someone who works for the House of Representatives get that wealthy? <laughs> and and their fa and their family wasn't that wealthy when she got into office. No. So do we ever look into anything like that? Do we ever investigate why just about every power broker who gets elected to office who's been, who's been there for over thirty years is now multi-millionaires? Is it because they're financial geniuses? No, it's because they're insider trading. Mm -hmm. Because they're be, they're able to invest in things that they know are going to be voted on, and they get there ahead of everybody else. Mm -hmm. Anybody who doesn't see that is a fool. So yeah, we've got we have a, a federal government that's run by an elitist class that is step by step by step indenturing the rest of the people in the nation mm -hmm. to just fuel their power lust. But their own rules allow them to do that until somebody gets in there and changes the damn rules. Yeah, it's easy to grift when you're the person making the rules and you're the person who has to enforce the rules. You know, we see this time and time again with the, with the judicial system. We've got at least mm -hmm. a two-tiered judicial system, if not a three-tiered judicial system. Yep. One for the elites, one for the people they use to make sure that they, they remain elected. And then one for the rest of everybody else. Yeah. And boy, we got to make sure we vote these bums out that created this problem, too. I mean, if the people don't do it this time, then shame on them. They're dumber than I thought. We've got to take some serious stock here, and that means not listening to the mainstream media anymore. Yep. This isn't a, a Republican-Democrat type of thing. This is a do we want to continue down a fascist path? Or do we want to get back to the Constitution? If we get back, if we want to get back to the Constitution, we have to seriously think about repealing the Seventeenth Amendment mm -hmm. because a direct election of senators screwed the states. Mm -hmm. There is no entity in Washington looking out for the well-beings of the states. That's what the Senate was supposed to be about in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. The direct election of senators turned it into a an overblown or overglorified House of Representatives. Yep. We also have to see nullification come in. We need term limits. We we need a convention of states. Yep. To be able to pass that because no one in power is ever going to give those things to you. Correct. They'd be cutting their own throats. So yeah, if we want to take the country back, we've got some serious things that we have to do in some very bold ways. And Said to say, most of it has to happen at the state level where our governors band together to move these things forward to force the federal government into changing. Now, I'm going to run something by, and by the way, can you stick around for another segment? You bet. Okay, I'm going to run something by you. You may not have enough time to answer, but I'm going to run it by you anyway. We'll just do it on the other side of the break if we have to. Uh, Vice President Kamala Harris over the weekend uh, made a comment. She dodged the criticism of the Democrats' funding of some GOP candidates, which they thought they were, had a better chance of beating so they would win their primaries. Get this, win their primaries, and the Democrats would go up against them and have a much better chance of beating them. And I can say that in our local area, there's probably at least one of those people that may fit that mold. But uh, isn't that something? Well, they wanted to run against Donald Trump. They want to run against MAGA. 
Yep. They want to be able to say orange man bad again, even though he's at this point not even running. Yep. So what's the best way to do it? Be able to pick the people you run against. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a big gamble. It's a huge gamble because if the country decides, you know what, we made a big mistake and we don't want anything to do with Joe Biden mm-hmm. or anybody that's running under his banner, then they've set the stage for a slaughter at the ballot box. But they're picking who they want to run against. Yep. They're controlling the narrative. We know what happens when the narrative is controlled. Yep. So we have to do, we have to deny them that. We mm-hmm. must deny them that. And that means running on policy. So anybody who won a primary, you better get your policy chops up and you better stop talking in generalities and bumper stickers. It's time to inform the public and educate them. Yep. All right, hold that thought, folks. You're coming back with more with Frank Silvato from the UndergroundUSA.com website, UndergroundUSA.com. And I'm going to let Kathy take us to break, and we will be right back. You're listening to the Captain's America Third Watch, heard live right here on this station from 2 to 6 a.m. Eastern Time, overnight Monday through Saturday. Call 877-969-8600 and tell us what's on your mind. Did you know that Yopon is the only tea plant indigenous to the United States? Hi, I'm CJ, the owner of Emerald Coast Tea Company. We have a line of Yopon teas and Yopon tea blends that will open your eyes to tea that is literally made in the USA. Check out our entire line of teas at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, This ain't your mama's tea. All right, back to Frank Silvato, undergroundusa.com. And uh, folks, I want to remind everybody, Frank has a website, undergroundusa.com. And Frank has a podcast that he puts up there. And that podcast that you did yesterday, Frank, was one of the best ones I've ever, ever heard you do. Well, it was almost uh, as if it was a part of duty to remember 9-11 and to bring back some of the feelings and some of the urgency and the frustration and the chaos that was felt on 9-11. And I appreciate you coming on in the second half of that and, and discussing uh, your experiences with boots on the ground that day, because it, 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 we need to make sure people not only remember the day, it's easy to say, never forget, but you've got to remember how we felt the sheer terror, the helplessness, the, the things that were stolen from us. Some of the, some of the tapes that I used with uh, people who had, were calling home to say goodbye. Yeah, they were from airplanes. Yep. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The, the helplessness you feel when you listen to those. What if it was, what if it was you receiving that phone call? So when we say never forget uh, my mission from now until the day I stop doing that, which will probably be when they plant me in the ground is to bring back the feeling of that day Mm -hmm. so that those experiences remain raw. They deserve to be, to remain raw. 
That's, that's what we should do when we remember the people we lost on that day, is to remember that rawness, that there are people in the world that want to do that to us, not because we're white males or, or black people or Hispanic people, but because we're Americans. Mm-hmm. They didn't give a damn about our genders, about our politics, about the color of our skin. They didn't care. We were Americans, and we were the targets. Yep. And uh, it's a day that I'll never forget, and many of the people that were with me yesterday uh, will never forget either. I was with some of the best patriots you could have asked for yesterday at Mission Barbecue on West Waters. We had quite a contingent of motorcycles that I came in with from uh, Pinellas County. They led the way, and I followed them, and then I passed them and led led their way in uh, to Mission Barbecue when we got closer but uh, what what a what a tremendous group of patriots! I was so proud to be a small part of what they were doing—a uh, motorcycle ride to honor all the people that were lost that day. And I mean, these people were were the best patriots you ever want to meet anywhere, really. Yeah, when it comes to uh, when it comes to remembering nine eleven, uh, when it comes to remembering Benghazi. You know, we have to start rolling rolling that incident in as well because Correct. there was a nine eleven issue as well. Yep. Uh we all need to bow our heads in in humility to the events and we have to rededicate ourselves to protecting the American spirit, to protecting the individualism and the freedom and the liberty that we have. But the one thing we have to do, and you hit on this at the end of your interview. We've got to stop being divided. Yep. We, we, we have got to stop allowing power brokers and wealth junkies who are in the elite who keep getting elected to office because they spend more money to get elected than anything else. Mm-hmm. We, we've, we've got to stop them from dividing us just so they can cobble together votes. We've all got more in common than we do in difference as Americans. All of us. Mm-hmm. Al-Qaeda, they just yanked us back into that reality on 9-11. They didn't care if you were Republican or Democrat, Libertarian, Fascist. They didn't care. Mm-hmm. You were American. And no matter how fast you wanted to run away from that but say, oh, but, but, I'm, but I'm an African-American or I'm a, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a Hispanic American. No, we don't care. You're an American and you can die just like anybody else. Yep. We were yanked back into that reality that there are certain people in the world that want us dead because we're Americans. Yep. And, and when you understand that clearly, this idea that you, we should take to the streets to march for, for this identity politics cause or that identity politics cause, or I have to hate my neighbor because he doesn't hold my political views, it all seems kind of stupid, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yep, they have no idea. By the way, Frank, I know you like to talk about Chicago, so here we go. Lori Lori Lightfoot, the world's most favorite mayor from Chicago, is now uh, complaining uh, about Governor Greg Abbott and Texas and the fact that they're sending busloads of some of their uh, illegals to them. But then again, I, I caution everybody and remind them at the same time that the entire state of Illinois is a sanctuary state, correct? 
the state is a sanctuary state, but once again, you got to remember that the counties hold uh, hold sway over that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she started taking those buses that were coming in and immediately bringing them over the border into a collar county called DuPage, mm-hmm. which uh, which is where I was born and raised and served, you know, in the, in the firefighter capacity of mm-hmm. uh, all those years back. Mm-hmm. And DuPage is is conservative, mm-hmm. and the district attorney there is conservative. And the sheriff there is very conservative. So when they dropped them off, they were all rounded up again mm-hmm. because they were there illegally mm-hmm. and they're being processed. So her her attempt to do this is backfiring her, not only because she's not able to release them in collar counties mm-hmm. that, that are conservative, but because she's being outed as a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. If Chicago is a sanctuary city, why are you not giving them sanctuary? Mm-hmm. But this is Lori Lightfoot. She's a blithering idiot. She she is another identity politics playing elitist that only wants to talk about what she thinks is important, and it shows. The city is being run by the gangs. It's it's the murder capital of the United States. It's yep. not the more people more people were are dying in Chicago now than were dying in Kabul mm-hmm. when we were just going in there after nine eleven. Yep. And this is the third most populated city in the in the United States. Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. This moron is up for election in the, in November, and the people of Chicago, if you vote her back in, you deserve what you get. You bet. They need to vote her out. Mm-hmm. And that's and the and this and the DA Kim mm-hmm. Fox a a Soros a, a Soros plant. Mm-hmm. This idiot doesn't do anything. And remember, she was the one who wouldn't even prosecute Jesse Smollett after Correct. everybody knew he was guilty. Correct. You're right. Well, you know, very quickly, why are why don't we have these uh, debates anymore? We used to remember one time all the candidates wanted to debate and they'd put two or three together or something like that. I don't hear anybody wanting to debate anybody anymore. That's because we learn nothing from them, and everybody's too worried about a gotcha moment. So maybe we take the the ninety minutes that they used to do with debates and give each candidate forty five minutes to talk about his platform without mentioning his opponent and see what they have to say. I bet you they can't say much. I'll bet you're right. Okay, we will talk to you on Friday, my friend. Thank you again very much for a great interview, and thank you very much for being around yesterday. Hey, stay low, my friend. Yes, sir. I am going to stay low. That's Frank Silvato from the UndergroundUSA.com website. I'm coming back with a sports zone guy and some sports. And- American Express, investigated by the U.S. government, caught processing a Soviet-era politician's dirty money, paid hundreds of millions in fines for deceiving customers. Rather than clean up their act, American Express has gone woke. Employees say people are promoted and told to offer lower premiums based on race. Amex administered critical race theory training. that told employees capitalism is racist. American Express, serve your customers, not woke politicians. Visit unamericanexpress.com. This message was paid for by Consumers Research, a 501c3 educational advocacy group. To learn more, log on to consumersresearch.org. Everybody's talking at me. CRN Digital Talk Radio, Chuck Wilder here. I've got Courtney and Swade at the network. And we're live across America and around the world at crntalk.com. Right now, I'd like to tell you about my guest, Mr. Frank Savato. He's host of the Underground USA podcast, heard everywhere podcasts are heard. 
He can be heard twice weekly on the Captain's America Third Watch, syndicated nationally on the Salem and Genesis Communication affiliate stations. His website is undergroundusa.com. I'd also like to add to his uh, bio here that he is also a former professional firefighter and paramedic, which will tie in exactly with the subject we're talking about as we recap the event of September 11, 21 years ago. Hey, Frank, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Mr. Wilder. How about yourself? I am uh, okie-dokie now. Okie-dokie now, not okie-dokie in the past. <laughs> no. Hey, as long as it's in the present, you're doing okie-dokie, I guess that's okie-dokie. Yeah, okie-dokie. You don't hear that very often anymore, do you? No, it's, it actually it, it places us in a, in, a, in a demographic on a timeline. So, Like, I don't know what you're talking about, okie-dokie? Yeah, all right. We'll, <laughs> we'll forgive you, yes. Well, you know, I, I give you credit because you and a lot of other people, especially in the media, you know, they dedicate to trying to keep, uh, you know, September 11th alive and remembered like it should be. And you dedicate yourself, you say, uh, to keeping the flame of remembrance alive for those who lost their lives in the Islamophobic attacks on our nation on September 11th, 2001, which uh, just occurred a day ago. And you remember exactly where you were, what you were doing. I guess everybody in the world almost. Well, everybody in America probably remembers, you know, what they were doing. Uh, yeah, what were you? A- where were you when you were actually uh when it actually happened when i when I heard about the first plane hitting it, I was in my car on my way to work, and when I got to work, people were already gathered in front of the television and we were watching you were watching tower number two smoke building out of tower number two, and then we watched the plane fly into tower number one, and we all knew exactly what happened yeah that we were that it was a terrorist uh, action. And we were under attack, and what else was coming? To preface this, the the importance of keeping the memory of September 11th alive is not just to make it a, a bumper sticker phrase, and that's what a lot of people who are who had boots on the ground or who had people and friends and family die that day, as I did, were scared that it's going to become a bumper sticker phrase. Never forget, you know, always remember. That kind of thing. We need to remember the feelings, the raw feelings of that day. If we are to to remember fully what we're trying to place remembrance on, there was a chaos. There was a vulnerability. There was an unknown. Uh, You know, here we are, citizens in a country with the most powerful military on the face of the planet. And at that moment in time, there was nothing our military could do for us. Yes, we scrambled uh, your fighter jets to try and, and approach planes that weren't responding to control towers. But that's all we could do. And then they were faced with the decision, if they're not answering, and we yeah. can confirm that they're hijacked, do we shoot them down with innocent U.S. lives aboard that plane? So their decisions that day were chaotic unprecedented you know we this was all new to us on american soil oh yeah we, we and did as not you mentioned at the very at the very beginning you know when one plane hits you know it's like oh my god you know was a guy on drugs you know with a pilot the pilot fault not of what went wrong and when the second hit it was definitely now 
now we know what it is. Now we know what it oh, is. It, there was, it was obvious to anybody who had a brain cell that, that this was a coordinated attack. And then when you heard about the Pentagon and you heard about Shanksville, it cemented that. Hey, um, let me ask you real quick my memory. Uh, yeah, you, you've been talking to me long enough to know that sometimes I even forget who I am. But anyway, <laughs> was it, uh, was it Shanksville first? Before uh, before they hit the Pentagon, or the Pentagon and then Shanksville, I can't remember. I I believe it was the Pentagon and then Shanksville, but I could be wrong. Yeah, and I think you they know, had I, the Capitol was the was supposedly going to be the one that got uh, knocked down at Shanksville. That's what I heard. That that's what the prevailing theory was, and yeah. uh, when um, I believe. I want to say Shanksville was third because the people who were on board, somebody had heard that there was an attack in New York. So obviously some people didn't turn their cell phones off, but, but hey. Um, and then people started calling people and finding out what's going on. They knew both towers had been hit and that terrorist attacks were happening. That's why people like Todd Beamer and the rest of the people on that flight decided to say no. And they rushed the cockpit and broke down the door and forced the plane into the ground. Uh, a selfless act that, yeah, you know, absolutely. you have to wonder today, uh, between the people who were running into the towers to their almost certain death, and people who said, well, if I'm going to die, I'm not going to let these people kill anybody else, and let's rush the cockpit. You don't see that kind of courage today outside of the military and first responders. You don't. Our culture has been infested with the cancer of wokeism, and we've got a, a high number of, of what people would term snowflakes, very fragile people in our community who are offended at the drop of a hat, who, who get microaggressions, trigger them. So they, if they see something and they don't like it, they have to go get therapy. We've become a nation of wussies in, in, in a large amount. You don't see that kind of courage to say, if I have to die, that I'm going to put my life between the danger and the people that I can save. That yeah. kind of courage doesn't exist a lot. That's another portion of what we you know, need you, to remember of that day. You can run across it in the military in a war. You know, when a guy will, uh, I think the last time I saw it and it was on tape, uh, was whenever one of the SEAL team members, I guess they, they threw a, a small rocket up there where they were and, and he, he jumped on it, you know, with his stomach, yeah. right? And saved, yeah. uh, four other SEAL team members that were up there. There were five of them. Uh, and you don't oh. see that very much, you know, and for the people in the plane to do that, it, it took a lot. It took a lot, you know, and it's also people that have that personal connection and that connection that even, you know, you have as, you know, a former firefighter, paramedic. And when you see, you know, what's going on and then especially when the towers start falling. Uh, yeah. You know that not only are the civilians in there, but all of those firemen and paramedics that went into that building to save people. Uh, yeah, just, just, just alone what? lost 343 yeah. people in the blink of an eye. Wow. In the blink of an eye. I mean, I mean that's that. that yeah. When I saw the first tower go down, that's exactly what went through my mind. All those people dead in the blink of an eye. And, and yet we had a, a contingent in this country who said we must be understanding of the people who ran those planes into the towers because they have beefs with the United States. Well, you know what? doesn't give them any right to do what they did. 
and it was an absolute and legitimate call to war. You don't do that, and you don't make excuses for it either. And and when this contingent came out and demanded that Islam was a religion of peace, without the caveat of the fact that there are zealots within that religion that are so devout that they will do this, and that there is a problem with that religion, with that dogma, that they must expunge the violence from their belief system, when they refuse to even, even acknowledge that, that's when the divide started in this country, and this is where we are today. And even worser and worser. They hate to hear that word, because, but I made it up. I use it, and I love it. Worser. Yes, it really means I really mean it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But here we go. Let me see if I can find this. Uh, 21 years after 9-11, in this supposedly Islamophobic country, uh, U.S. Muslims have gained unprecedented political and cultural influence. The Muslim population in the U.S. increased to 3.85 million in 2020. Mosques have more than doubled from 1,209 in 2000. They now have 2,769. But see, the United States has got to be that magnet for anyone seeking prosperity and religious freedom. Just uh, come on in. You know, don't even check the people. Just make sure they go and we'll take them wherever they want to go and we'll give them whatever they want. And, you know, it's ridiculous because it only took 11 people to bring down the Twin Towers. Yeah, 11 people slaughtered 3,000 plus, and we have to start adding at least 2,000 more to that number with all of the people who are who are having lung problems, who are dying from respiratory problems yeah. because of the of uh, of of the explosion dust that day, you know, first responders and just citizens of Manhattan. Mm -hmm. So we're not looking at just 3,000 anymore. We have to be looking at 5,000 plus, you know, you know and, and now we've got, now we've got the Biden administration letting in 79,000 unvetted Afghans from, from the belly of the beast. You cannot tell me that within those 79,000 people who were Afghan nationals, now I'm not saying all of them, but I'm saying you can't tell me that some of them don't believe that we're, we're the great Satan. Yeah. It's almost like uh, if you're newlywed right now, you say, should we have children? You know? There's a lot of people asking that question. Yeah. There are yeah. a lot of people asking that question. And, and given the trajectory of, of where the progressive left and, and the fascists in our, in, our, in our power structure here want our country to go, it's a serious question to contemplate. And I'm telling you, what, what's going on right now with President Biden? It is almost like, why do you hate America? Why are you doing this, you know? Yeah, or, uh, or, are, or are you that greedy for wealth and power? And that's, the problem well, we have in this, yeah. that's the problem we have in this country. We've got an elite class that are greedy. You know, and, and, they're, and they're fighting religion. You know, like like the the uh, the rosary, okay, with the Catholics. All of a sudden, you're fighting the Catholics, and you're declaring, you know, that people that are all into religious, you know, and what's that holding, clinging their guns, and they're by holding their Bibles or whatever that Hillary said. I think it was Hillary. Uh, you know, it's like whose side are you on? You know, who's pulling your strings? Is there somebody that uh, that doesn't like America and wish that we would fall? The fascists, the, in this, 
The fascists in this country need to replace religion with government so they can bestow rights and take them away as well. Ah, boy, I think you just hit the nail on the head there. Absolutely. Wow. You know, we we hear it all the time. We have a right to health care. You have a right to a job. You have a right to this and a right to that. And politicians feed off of that to say that it is. We don't have a right to anything but opportunity. Life, pursuit of happiness, and opportunity. That's what we're guaranteed. Frank Savato, my guest, we're talking about uh, 9-11, the anniversary yesterday, 21 years ago. And that day, just about every American became a really true American. And we're very upset about it. I think we still are. Frank Savato is going to be right back. Remember, the website is undergroundusa, undergroundusa.com. Many claim race is the most important issue we face in America. Yet race is not what defines most Americans. I see myself as a confident, strong, beautiful young girl. I want to actually be the first girl on the moon. How do I see myself? I see myself as an entertainer. I like to dance, sing, and act. Sometimes I see myself as a little kid. Sometimes I see myself as a teenager. It's kind of hard to tell when you're 10. I see myself as strong. And I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. I see myself as a book. A book that you can't skip to the end and figure out what happens. A book that you have to sit and go through the pages and figure out what happens next. I think there's so many things that... uh define us and we shouldn't define ourselves by one or two things or we are a whole lot of things a collection of many things please join us if you want to live in an america where you are defined by who you are not by the color of your skin this message was paid for by color us united an educational nonprofit advocacy group seeking to heal the divide in america to learn more log on to colorusunited.org Everybody's talking at me. CRN Chuck Wilder with Frank Savato, host of Underground USA podcast and uh, the website undergroundusa.com, uh, rehashing 9 11. And uh, you remember when people all over the world, well, not all over the world, but some areas of the world, uh, were celebrating when all of this happened and uh, some in the mainstream media, even back then, I think, were saying, no, no, they, they never did anything like that. But yet, you know, you saw film of them doing it. Uh, that's almost like the start of, uh, you know, censorship or something. Well, yeah, that's uh, we had film from the Palestinian-held territories. We had film from uh, some places in Iran. We had film from uh, places in Saudi Arabia. And we had film from places in Afghanistan and Kabul. So yes, anybody who says there weren't there weren't celebrations, we even had we even had celebrations in Muslim uh, areas in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, they could see what was happening. They could see the explosions. They they could see the devastation that they did. They were in the country that was hit, and they were celebrating on the rooftops. You know, oh, yeah, so yeah, it, yeah. when when you try to say religion of peace. Mm-hmm. Across the board, in such a an irresponsible blanket statement, that's like saying all white people are racist, 
or all black people hate white people or all Chinese people. You know, you can't say that. Our, our culture has gotten into a very bad habit of allowing generalized uh, depictions of demographics in order to divide. And we have to push back on that. We can't allow it to keep happening. Are all Muslims bad? No. <laughs> all Muslims aren't bad. Zudi Jasser is a friend of mine. He's a wonderful human being, was a, a lieutenant in the U.S. Navy and a doctor. He, he wants to expunge violence from his religion, and he's gotten nothing but death threats from the devout within his religion. So there are good people in every demographic. As a matter of fact, most people in every demographic are good people. It's the 20% who are zealots, who are hateful, who are divisive. Those are the people we have to start spotlighting. We have to shine the light into the corners so we can see these roaches, so we can actually isolate them, expose them for the filth that they are, and shun them in society so that they don't have a voice that leads us anymore. Right now, we're allowing them to lead us. We can't have that. Rational you know, people the, yeah. need to lead. Not not zealots, not, not activists, not people who are so d devout in their jaded, one-lens way to look at the world. Right. Look at CRT. What a hateful, what a hateful ideology. You would think that CRT was uh, supposedly just gonna, you know, make them become little communists or something, you know, because I think that was the main goal at one time, you know, to take over the schools and and get them to accept communism. But this this thing has gone so far left, you know. And especially even with the sexualism, you know, that is, that's unbelievable. If you're going to teach them, you know, like America's bad, uh, that's bad enough. But whenever you start saying, and by the way, uh, even though you're a little boy, you can have a baby. Really? Yes. You know, it's, uh, I don't know what it is. Is it part of, uh, messing up their minds totally because so that they become human robots? It's about dividing. Now there's, they've divided us. Now they're subdividing us. When you can divide people into smaller groups, you can control them. Because all you have to do is hit buzzwords. And, all you, and, and that's how you incite people. And if you can do that at will throughout all of the demographics that you've balkanized, you can always win elections and you can always force things on the public that the majority would never tolerate. Because the loudest voice in the room is the one that gets heard. There's a well, book by uh, Matthias Dismet called Totalitarianism that I highly recommend, and he breaks it down. He goes, there's there's 20% of the people who are zealots that want to divide. There's 20% of the people that actually recognize it and are pushing back, and there's 60% in the middle that just go with the loudest voice. We have to wake up those 60%. All right, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back. When we come back, you know, I was touching on that, like school children and things like that. Uh, then I see you have uh, a little article, a little paragraph here about the mainstream media we'll discuss uh, that kind of follows up on my point. Frank Savato, host of Underground USA podcast, uh, also heard twice weekly on the Captain's America Third Watch syndicated nationally, Salem, Genesis Communications. His website, undergroundusa.com. 
Hey, this is Judson Carroll with the Southern Appalachian Herbs Podcast. One thing Frank always reminds me to mention is that my books and my podcasts are not limited to my region of the Southern Appalachian Mountains. I'm a master herbalist with a working knowledge of hundreds of herbs that are available all around you no matter where you live and keep your family in optimal health. I'm now offering a free newsletter through Substack. Please find me on Substack at Judson Carroll Master Herbalist or JudsonCarroll.com. And I look forward to communicating with you in the future. Thanks. Everybody's talking at me. CRN, Chuck Wilder with Frank Savato, host of the Underground USA podcast. You know, uh, you mentioned here in your latest report that the mainstream media has ceased to be a viable avenue for gathering truthful information and instead has taken its seat at the table of the lords, elites, one and all, now content with manipulating information to force people to think a certain way, to act a certain way, to accept absurdities, and to turn uh, one on another. Uh, you hit it right on the right on the head there, exactly. It's, uh, it's amazing. Amazing with the censorship that's going on. When when you can control the narrative, when when you can decide that that only one way of thought is the true way of thought, and everything else must be expunged from the sphere, then you've turned into a totalitarian entity. And today's mainstream media is that totalitarian entity. As far as communications is concerned, they're joined with the social media giants who, who do the censoring of conversation about the topics. Mainstream media only reports what they want to report and does so in an opinionized way. Uh, the Columbia School of Journalism teaches new journalism students to opinionize. Activist journalism, they call it. Hmm. Uh, it's not who, what, when, where, why, and how anymore. It's this is what happened, and let me tell you why, and this is why we can't have this or we have to support it. And, uh, you know, with the coverage of what was happening in Portland and Seattle and all the other major cities a couple summers ago with Antifa and BLM, you know, you, you never heard the minutia of the BLM movement that it was deeply steeped in, in the American Communist Party, that, it, that the people who were running it uh, I believe her name is Patricia Patrice Colors, I believe yeah, her name is. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, embezzled eight million dollars to buy herself some mansions under the guise of this is gonna be our BLM clubhouse. <laughs> and that she is on record, and if you do some searching for it on YouTube, you can see her say that she's a trained Marxist. And and, and that she's bringing this Marxism to the streets of the United States. Yeah. You, you didn't you didn't hear any of that in the media. All they wanted you to hear was that what, there's white systemic racism in the police departments, and white police officers are killing unarmed black people. Do you know how many people, at the time of George Floyd's death in Minneapolis, how many people for the for the year up to that date, how many black unarmed people were killed by police officers? Ten. Not thousands. Yep. And, and, a, and a poll around that time had almost 40% of the people saying, oh, yeah, thousands of people have been oh, unarmed yeah, black yeah. people and killed by the police officers. More police officers were killed by armed black people 
tenfold in that same time period. So do police lives matter? The, the narrative was a false narrative. It was a lie, a blatant lie, but the media ran with it. You know, and all and of they, a sudden, it, it's like with all those rights and BLM and Antifa, you know, they are not described even now as even being a threat to the nation. It's the white conservatives, or if you like Trump. You know, isn't that amazing? How many people do you think are swallowing that? Of the 60%. The 60% are swallowing 60%. that because it takes, it takes too much effort to say, that doesn't make sense. I need to question this. Yeah. Especially when you have 20% screaming in your face that you don't get to think another way. When you have your children coming home from college, Telling you that you have, you, you have intrinsic racism at birth because you're white and there's nothing you can do about it but apologize and give up everything that you have. This is a transformative movement. This has nothing to do with what our country was founded on, which is opportunity to guarantee the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's it. That's it. You're not guaranteed a job. You're not guaranteed health care. You're not guaranteed anything. But those four things. And what this group of people are trying to do, and I'm, at this point I'm talking specifically about CRT, but it applies to the people at the World Economic Forum. It applies to the fascist left. It applies to, to all of the activist movement people from the far left in this country. What they're trying to do is transform this from a constitutional republic where you are you have your rights guaranteed because they were given to you by the creator, not the government, and that the government is limited in its scope to what the Constitution says. They're trying to change that to, well, government needs to morph whenever it needs to have control. And and they're they're omnipotent. They have they they are the alpha and the omega. They will give you rights. They will take them away. They will decide when you work, when you don't. They will decide when you are locked down, when you are not. That's what that twenty percent wants because they believe that if they achieve this, they're going to be part of the ruling class. Well, you know what? All you got to do is be a student of history to realize that the people that brought about the revolutions in the in communist and totalitarian regimes. Take, for example, China and Russia, they get purged. And it's not just that you get sent to the back of the line. You get killed. You get executed. It's happened again and again and again. China, you know, Russia, Cuba, Venezuela, you name it. Well, you know this wise person that I know, uh, Frank Sabato? Uh, <laughs> yes. In his recent article, he talks about divide and conquer. And uh, you really put it down, perfect wording, in that in that particular paragraph. Yeah, Divide, Divida yeah, at Impera, Divide and Conquer. It's what the, that was a, that phrase, a lot of people want to say it's, it's Sun Tzu, and a lot of people want to say that it's Machiavelli. It's not, it was Julius Caesar. Julius and, Caesar. Uh, and, and like Rome, because of the divide that the left has delivered to us, we're burning just like Rome. You know, a lot of people, especially on the right, who are thoughtful people, are saying, you know, we are, if this divide keeps going, we're going to end up in a, in another civil war here in the United States. I'm, I suggest that we're already here. 
And the battlefield isn't won in Gettysburg or Antietam. It, it's not marching to Atlanta on the street setting everything fire. The battlefield is, is our culture and it's societal. And, and the, and the, the battles are being waged for hearts and minds. We've already dumbed down our kids enough in, in high school and grade school, getting into college to be indoctrinated that they come out being good foot soldiers for the very people who are setting fire to the United States. So should if we if worry, we're gonna turn, uh, if we're going to we worry about the IRS, you've got to worry about the government completely, not just the IRS. Yeah. The federal government hey. is so out of control and so beyond where they're supposed to have purview per the Constitution, which is the covenant between government and the people, that it, it needs to be drastically neutered. And the only way to do that is through nullification at the state level, which requires the governors to do something, and, and through a convention of states, which can provide term limits, repeal the 17th Amendment to give the states their protections back at the federal level, and to abolish the tax system to create something that is more equitable. They want to keep talking about, equ about equity over equality? Excellent. Let's start with the tax system. So we can't yeah, do like, that because we, we yeah. wouldn't be able to carve out little tax breaks for our friends who keep getting us elected. And by the way, if, uh, you, you know, if you've been locked up in a closet and you say, what in the world did Chuck mention the IRS for? I mean, you're not doing it. Taxes. And, well, they're now armed. AR-15s. And there's a whole bunch of new ones. How many did they bring in? 800, 8,000? I'm, they did I'm not sure. 80, 87,000 new employees. 87. Just to audit, just to, just to audit the maybe, maybe 5,000 or so billionaires we have in the country. Yeah. And I read where they've already got. <laughs> I read where they've already got all the ammunition stacked up and the rifles are ready to go. That's not, just the, that's not the, just the IRS. That's every single federal agency has been has been bulking up as far as firepower is concerned and ammunition. It's unbelievable. All we got to do is call the National Guard. They'll come in and take care of it, right? <laughs> well, indeed. If the governor, if the governors have to go nullification and there becomes a full-blown confrontation between the authority of the states and the authority of the federal government, they're going to have to, they're going to have to withdraw their national guard and bring them back to the states. Um, that said, I had a very good friend who was, who was part of the lone survivor story in, in Afghanistan, who is uh, still serving in the, in the private sector as far as warfare is concerned, who used to tell me, do you honestly think that the military is going to turn on the American people? They won't. The ruling class believes they will, but they won't. And that's when you when you hear Biden say, you're going to need F-15s if you want to come to war with the United States. He is going to be shocked if it ever comes to that, because the military is not going to fire on American people. They didn't do it on 9-11. They won't do it now. Not for politics. Not for politics. They, their families live here, too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so that when it comes down to the if it comes down to that, and I pray to God that it does not, the military is not going to be the lockstep jack-booted brown shirts of the Nazi regime. They are not going to march on the, on the American people. They just won't. And that's what makes them a cut above. That's why the people who serve, whether you're in the military or whether you're a, a first responder, law enforcement, firefighter, paramedic, 
put makes you a cut above because you've gotten into these avenues to serve, not to lord. That's what the political class, political class seems to have forgotten. They're not there to rule like despots. They're there to serve. And I know that would be shocking news to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi and Chucky Schumer. I won't get. I won't even get into Nadler. I, that guy is. Oh that guy is such a such an such an imbecile. It's unbelievable. And yeah. and beneath him is uh is is Mr. Schiff. So. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, they they do have an excellent lineup, you know. And uh, it's, you couldn't yeah. you couldn't write if someone sat down and said, "I'm going to give you a million dollars to write a book about the most." dysfunctional, disingenuous, corrupt group of people. And I want them to steal a country from people who actually work hard to make a living and have a good life. You couldn't make this up. You know, and, and wasn't it the National Guard that Nancy Pelosi brought in to protect the Capitol after that terrible attack upon our Capitol there, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, after, they... after, after she said she didn't need them? Yeah. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah. Because Trump had already requested them. No. And this was days before. Anyway. Uh, and then wasn't it they were messing with the National Guard's food because these people that in I, Washington they they don't like the military or something. You know, it's boy, what a I, crazy I, country. I, I can't speak to that. I just know that uh, Nancy Pelosi was channeling her inner John Kerry because she refused the National Guard before she called for them. Yeah. You know, it's, the left is disingenuous to a point that it makes you want to makes you want to vomit. They're only in it for the power. They're only in it for the wealth, and they don't give a damn about you or me. And then and, they and have, uh, and they and they do it repeatedly and out in the open, Chuck. It's a, they don't even try to hide it anymore with rhetoric. You listen to people like Aok and, and the Squad; they talk so contemptible about the American people. That their, that their hate drips off their fangs. Well, you know, and it's uh, and I have it somewhere here, and I boy, I'm thinking about how long it's been. Uh, but uh, the mastermind of the attack, Khalid Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, yeah, yeah, still awaits a long postponed <laughs> military tribunal. Twenty one years. I mean, you know, normally you get sentenced to twenty years when you do something bad. But this guy is hanging around 21 years now. Well, now there's now there's rumblings out there that he and and a few of the other senior leaders who who are in on the on the planning of the 9/11 attacks, mm-hmm. which again killed 3,000 on that day and about 5,000 total so far. There's rumblings that they're they're trying to work out a plea deal with the military prosecutors. <laughs> a plea deal? No. There's no plea deal for this piece of filth. No plea deal. And, and if, and if they do, there is, then our government has failed us completely and it needs to be, it needs to be removed and, and reinstituted. This is a, this is the man who, who hated America so much that he plotted this, resulting in those many deaths, those many destroyed families, and what? After 21 years, they still think this idiot has something to offer, even though he's been in, in solitary confinement. Boy, his network must be incredible. It must work through osmosis then if he still yeah, knows really. stuff 
21 years later. This man should be tried. There's enough evidence that's already out in the public that make him guilty. And once that, that sentence is passed down, he should be summarily executed. And that's the only justice that can actually serve what happened after what he perpetrated on September 11, 2001. There was and one I, don't other... care if you, I don't care if you believe in the death penalty or not. This man deserves to be executed. Yeah, and you and I both say, yep, good luck, you know, as we know. Frank Savato, host of the Underground USA podcast, author of six monographs examining political and ideological threats facing our country, all right? And one more reminder that he can be heard twice weekly on the Captain's America Third Watch syndicated nationally, Salem Genesis Communications, and his website, undergroundusa.com. We're going to be right back. Handcrafted exotic blend teas at the lowest shipping cost anywhere. Hi, I'm CJ, owner of the Emerald Coast Tea Company. We ship our premium gourmet blends with Sindel, offering you the lowest shipping prices anywhere, while also being carbon neutral. Excellent tea at the right price. Check us out at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mom's tea. Everybody's talking at me. CRN, Chuck Wilder with Frank Savato, host of Underground USA Podcast. You know, uh, I wonder, well, I, I don't really wonder very hard, uh, but how many how many stories have come out of 9-11, you know, and, and the Twin Towers. And, uh, you know, you I think you could make movies for the next 20 years, you know, and have different stories about different people. I, it seems like I've seen nine or ten. But there was one that I that I read about today where this uh, uh, there was Windows on the World, a restaurant that was on top of the Trade Center. And mm-hmm. I guess the, the main chef there uh, had to get the day off and another cook uh, asked him to switch shifts or something like that. And uh, it, it's just funny how, you know, you're saved because of one little incident. Uh, but yeah, there was there was a there was a traffic jam going into the city. Um, that because of an accident where a lot of the people that would have been in Tower 2, the first one hit, weren't at work. You know, thank God for a traffic jam. I mean, how, how often do you say that? Yeah, really? You know, I hadn't heard about that one. Yeah. Yeah. There's another, there was another, uh, person who was her turn to get, of all things, donuts for her, for her office suite mates. And she was busy doing that when the plane struck. You know, there's a million stories like that. Yeah. And if we, if we had a, if we had a non-agendized, uh, entertainment industry, you would get some incredible stories out of the things. There's, there's a, I was listening to a podcast about, uh, the red bandana, a young man who was working on a, uh, in tower one. Who was a volunteer firefighter who, after the plane hit, saved 18 people by creating a staging area and getting them downstairs only to go back up as the tower was collapsing. Heroism and courage. You know, millions of stories like that. People that need to be celebrated and remembered. 
we've all got more in common than we do in difference. And when we can stand together as one, we have a courage that cannot be beat. But the dividers keep dividing us. And they keep tarnishing that courage and burying it deep down so that we're almost ashamed to have it. We can't let the dividers win. We must push back against them. And, you know, first responders, you know, and you were one uh, at one time. Uh, firefighters, paramedics, police officers. Uh, I think there were very few that just said, oh, boy, I'm really sick right now. I just can't go to work. You know what I'm saying? No. It's just, uh, when, you, when you put the badge on, when you yeah. are moved to do that for a living, you run towards the danger because you want to put yourself between danger and your fellow citizens and your fellow human beings. You live a life of service. And, and just like I said before, just in the fire department of, of New York on that day, you lost 343 people who ran towards the danger. Yeah. Towards. Wow. I don't know if I could do it or not. Maybe at one time. Now I'm just too tired to run that far, you know. <laughs> excuses, excuses. Hey, Frank Savato, I appreciate each and every report you give me. Uh, look forward to our next one, sir. Talk to you soon, Jim. All right. Frank Savato, S-A-L-V-A-T-O, undergroundusa.com. Thank you, Swade. Thank you, Courtney. And uh, God bless the United States of America. Please like the episode on the platform you're listening to us on. Leave a comment if it lets you. And share us with your friends and family. Our influence grows when you share our podcast. And don't forget to sign up for our Substack, which comes directly to you, subverting the interference of the Internet gatekeepers and social media censors. You're listening to Underground USA. My name is Frank Salvato. We'll be right back after this. This podcast is a production of the Compass Point Group. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.